Whoa! Give me the camera! What? Did you see that? It's Santa Claus! Come on! We'll get a better view from the alley! Wait up! Hurry! Slow down! Wait for me! What? Getting this. Hello, and welcome to the Nomcast, the Netflix original movie podcast. I am your host, Andrew Morgan. This week, we take a look at the incredibly popular holiday feature, The Christmas Chronicles. Starring the legend Kurt Russell, playing the lead as a hip, newer take on jolly old St. Nick. The movie is directed by talented animator Clay Cadis, who is coming off his directorial debut, The Angry Birds Movie. Screenplay by the relative newcomer Matt Lieberman. Music by veteran composer Christoph Beck, whose music credits include Frozen, the newer Muppet movies, and both Ant-Man films. Cinematography by Don Burgess, whose long list of credits include Forrest Gump, Castaway, and the latest DC superhero movie, Aquaman. My guest today to talk about The Christmas Chronicles is friend and fellow podcaster, Chad Davis, of the Hanging With Chad podcast. Chad really wanted to talk about this one, and you'll hear why right now. Give a listen. What's going on, man? How you been? I'm doing good, man. Just uh, just got done watching it again, actually for the uh, the third time now. Yeah, you're a big fan of this movie. I'm a huge fan of this movie. Uh, is it just? Uh, are you uh, into Kurt Russell? Did that lead you into seeing the movie? I'm I'm a sucker for Christmas movies. Okay. I'm a sucker for Christmas movies that have a good feeling to them. Right. And uh, this one just had like a bunch of good feeling to it. I, I had a good. When you saw the trailer. That's what grabbed you. Um, I mean, no, because it, it's a, it's a, I mean, it's a Christmas movie uh, with Kurt Russell as Santa. Right. Well, that's what that I'm saying. That intrigued yeah. me right off the bat. Right. Sure. I'm not the the biggest Kurt Russell fan. I mean, I'm not gonna go to. I'm probably not gonna hurry up and go to a movie theater to see it. Right. But uh, the convenience you know, Netflix. of Netflix. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, man, you came to the right podcast. <laughs> and the one thing that uh, jumped out for me when you reached out uh, when we were talking about this movie. Was you're like, it's a sexy Santa. Yeah. And what's interesting to me is when I looked into the movie, nowhere <laughs> did it say sexy Santa in the description or anything else. That was just your little ad lib, like, hey, sexy Santa. And then uh, I saw some of the reviews and some of the people were like, yeah, sexy Santa, sexy Santa. I'm like, when did that become the appeal for the Santa franchise? Or as I like to call it, the SCU, the Santa Claus universe, where don't we have canon that he is not? Um, but, I, you know, obviously I'm not as strict on that. Uh, I could work with that, especially because Kurt Russell is this movie. Yeah. So if you like Kurt Russell and his personality and what he brings to a movie generally, you'll enjoy this movie at least on some level. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's... Thinking, you know, thinking down the line of all the Christmas movies uh, that have Santa in it, you've never really got like a, you know, I'm not saying Kurt Russell's like 
a great looking guy. He, he is, but I think for so. an older guy. Yeah. But you've never really seen a Santa like this. Like no. You I mean the the most recent one is Tim Allen, but during his you know, transformation, transformation they make him he had into a it like a, yeah exactly they add the weight they add all these yeah. the, like his hair and and beard changes and everything he transforms into the canon version of exactly. what Santa is supposed to be the appearance of and this one kind of turns it on its head a little I've heard every version between like your sexy Santa <laughs> and then it's like here's the rock and roll Santa yeah uh, here's the, the hip, you know the hip Santa right hip exactly. Santa. So you get all these versions. So if if you're on board with that, you can probably take this movie on and it might be right there for all the... See, I don't want to say that the bar is very low because as you were saying, like movies that involve Santa as kind of like a main character, like the Santa, not yeah. someone who dresses... Like not bad Santa where somebody's dressing exactly. up. Exactly. I'm saying the Santa. The, the bar is pretty low. Yeah. I mean, you literally have maybe three good movies with Santa as, like, a Santa, like, as the Santa. Um, you got Miracle on 34th Street. Yeah. You got the Santa Claus. Yeah. And even that one, it's, like, a transformation into Santa. It's, like, a new yeah. take on the Santa. But he ends up being He Santa. ends up being Santa. So, yeah. and then uh, if you're into Santa Claus the movie, maybe yeah. that one, too. So, it's, like... Maybe three movies, and that's since when is Miracle on Thirty First Street? The fifties had to be in the sixties or the fifties. Maybe so. I mean, it's a very, very short list. Yeah. So when I went into this movie, that's kind of the mentality I went and like. I can't compare this to like movies as a whole. Yeah. I have to narrow this to the field, which is essentially a very long list of not good movies, and then three movies that at least have some substance and some legs with them that we're still talking about them now, even though the last one that we were just talking about is what? 20 years old now? Like, yeah. I mean, longer Santa, 25 Santa came out like 94. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere in the mid nineties. So it's been a while. It's been a while since I actually even just watched one. Uh, I don't consider elf because it's not, it's very small about, it's not about Santa. He may appear, yeah, but, he's yeah, in it, but he's... Right, it's yeah. a very small thing. So, so yeah, 25 years probably since a decent yeah. movie came out. About with, Santa. With, about Santa. Yeah. So, you know, tis the season, yeah. even though as I intimated to you, my wife is Jewish, my kids are Jewish. Yeah. So, you know, I kind of very seldomly get into the spirit. So I was actually looking forward to watching this movie. Yep. And a few things jump out at you really quick once you watch... and. Spoilers, all that, okay. earmuffs, whatever, yeah. you know, for people. If you don't, we're probably going to just let it fly. And to be honest, if any of this spoils such a movie <laughs> yeah. like this for yeah. you, I, don't I feel this... bad for you in some regard. I don't think there's much in this movie that you can spoil. Yeah. Because it's pretty, it's a pretty simple story. Oh, oh, and extremely. It's very basic. Yeah. Um, But just for me that I thought what really shine you already said it is the the fact that uh, Kurt Russell is an amazing actor yes and he he steals a lot and he doesn't even steal him because he is the main guy but he he controls probably 95 percent of the scenes oh absolutely and uh, I mean granted the the little girl was good she's very she, good. she's very cute yeah. she's, uh, I, 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 she is Anne or something like that she's the spirit of Christmas character exactly. that you need in anything else also 
I found, especially because right from the start, I just went, that dad is going to die. Like, as soon as they were so happy to focus on him, Sora, I was like, he's going to die. And every, like, some kind of holiday movie needs some kind of, like, death or tragedy to kind of kick in the spirit at some point. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So it's like, oh, yeah, dead dad. Yeah. Dead dad is real on. And And they hit it right, like, right at the beginning. First 15 minutes, you know exactly. And I timed it. I was like, I looked in because I first time I watched it, I watched it on my TV, legit. Yeah. And then uh, when I, re- you know, wanted to review it for the for the podcast to kind of give several viewings. So a lot of times I'm watching on my computer and I was kind of like, okay, where did it come through to where dad is dead? And we're basically moved on to like, okay, the son is a piece of shit now. Yep. And so we can move on to here's the arc. Yep. And it was 15 minutes. It took 15 minutes to dad is alive, family's great, dad is dead, family's in ruins. So I was like, all right. That's an interesting way to do it. I mean, you're going to make the ride more the movie. That's probably what it should be. Yeah. But I think because they rush into it so early with very little, not it's a good amount of fanfare for the dad. So you kind of get the relationship, but you don't really see a, how he died and B what kind of guy he was besides just being just a nice guy in snippets. Yeah. So that was an interesting thing. Cause I know they had to set the tone for the video recording, which I don't know if you found that as a good theme barometer thing that kind of played through. I like how they ended with it. Yep. So I appreciated that they did it as a technique. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it was cool. I mean, I thought it was good that they. I I thought it was a good thing that they did it at the beginning of the movie because that story behind the dad dying and this is being the first Christmas without the dad. Yeah. Is what drives the movie. Yeah. I mean, that's why the kid is. That's why the brother Teddy is such a douchebag. Yeah. I mean, he misses his dad. I mean, within. But that's a like the quick turn this kid. Oh, does. No, there's there's a lot of stuff in this movie that <laughs> I wrote three pages of <laughs> notes on this movie on right. how how does this happen? How does this happen? It, it, it was it was a mess. Like yeah. some of the stuff in this movie. Yeah, but the, I think the whole like idea of the movie. I think it's a good. I just thought it was a good family Christmas movie for sure. And, and I can agree with that sentiment. I know a lot of people were asking me once I started this podcast, like, when are you going to do this episode? When are you going to do this episode? Because I think, you know, obviously it is December. It yeah. is the spirit for it. And I think a lot of people are doing what you're doing, where it's like, oh, this is the new one that we can get behind. We really haven't got it. Like, a, we were talking about this earlier. We haven't really gotten a good or a somewhat good new Christmas movie. No. Uh, like, even if it's not about Santa, uh, just any kind of Christmas movie at all. Yeah, and, and even, like, the bad Santa ones or something, those are even now kind of old. And, and those Elf are old. Is Elf old. is old. Uh, like, like the Santa Claus is old. We haven't really got, like, especially in the movie theaters. Right. You don't see movie theaters, like, Christmas movies that much. We got, no. like, ba- uh, Bad Mom's Christmas, I think, yeah, last see, that, year. Those I, those I kind of don't like lumping into this category like more I don't, like uh like people who take a franchise or something where it's like okay and just add christmas. right and just add christmas office like, christmas like party a, was good right i guess the only exception to me if you count it as that is 
National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, where it's kind of okay, yeah. you had the one, and now this is the Christmas version. Yeah. But I don't really count that as, like, kind of a stealing the thought. Yeah. I feel like more, you know, I don't care that Medea or Ernest or some of these people, like, okay, just tacked on. Christmas. Oh, it, it, Ernest it, Saves Christmas was great. Ernest Saves, I'm not saying it can't be great. <laughs> I'm just saying it's not something that I feel like is an out-and-out Christmas movie. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it, it's the equivalent to if uh, a sitcom has their Christmas episode for the season. Yeah. It's like that. This movie had some, like, it had some decent comedy in it. It wasn't, like, laugh-out-loud, like, classic, oh, we're going to quote that for the rest of our life comedy. Sure, yeah. But it did have some good co- uh, comedy in it uh, with Kurt Russell. The, the they had a, some really good scenes in it. I'm sure we're going to touch upon it, you know, later on. But sure, um, I just I enjoyed it, man. It was it was a good movie. Well, this is a movie that easily Kurt Russell could have phoned in. Oh yeah, he could have literally said, "Yeah, all right, I have some, you know, children or grandchildren or whatever that are of a certain age, and and I can try to." put some kind of legacy family film out there. Cause I don't really think thinking off the top of my head of Kurt Russell's filmography, I don't really feel like he has a lot of stuff. That's like, he's obviously more known for his action stuff or romantic comedy. So it's, even that's still a little more grown up. Yeah. Exactly. I don't feel like he has maybe that sentimental family like family yeah. type of thing. But, so I think this fits the bill as maybe like a family legacy film yeah. for him to do and to try to pull that off. And not only does he not phone in the performance, mm. but this whole movie is his family. Yeah. So uh, you see at the end uh, that Goldie Hawn ends up playing Mrs. Claus, which I thought was a nice yeah. turn, even as a small kind of cameo ending capper to the whole thing. Yeah. And obviously their chemistry was great mm-hmm. because, you know, they're a real life married couple yeah. and they have that kind of dynamic and they're both great actors. So... That was a fun scene for me to watch. And I thought it was a nice turn of, like, to, to cap the, the video version of all these things. Like, hey, I have a heck of a video for us to watch tonight, you know, with all the things that happen yeah. in the movie. So that's pretty awesome yeah. that he steals the video and has the thing. So that's that was a nice way to cap it. I thought that was very cool. The other thing is Goldie Hawn's son is the dead dad. Okay. I didn't uh, know that. Yeah. Okay. So um, he... Uh, He's the uh, the one that he doesn't he play like uh, it's Oliver Hudson. Oliver Hudson like plays yeah. the dad. Yeah, um, and he's Goldie Hawn's son from the previous marriage, but Kurt Russell basically raised him. Yeah, yeah, and that's obviously the Kate Hudson story too. Mm-hmm. So they were brother and sister. So yeah. that's Kate. Hudson's they have one brother. kid together, right? I don't. Don't they know. have? They have three kids. Yeah, they have. I think one. the one is. Yeah, they have one because Wyatt. Wyatt. Russell? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I think I did read that. Yeah. So. He's the um, one that plays hockey. He plays hockey, uh, like a uh, independent league hockey or whatever. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, okay. I think so yeah, that's cool. The, and the other family aspect that they have in here too, I guess, is that the the kids who uh, are asking stuff from Santa in those video mm-hmm. montage things that they did, multiple multiple of the names are names of Kurt and Goldie's grandchildren. Oh, really? So they kind of, it's like a deep dive Easter egg type thing uh, in these movies that all have some kind of sentimental value to to Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn. So I thought that was pretty great to have him really buy into this. Because if he doesn't, this movie falls very flat. Yeah. Because there's 
it's one of those things because you kind of alluded to it earlier where it's like if you think about this movie for more than like a minute, you're like, oh. this movie falls apart in your hand. Oh, there's all kinds of lo- like weird things happening in this movie that – yeah. I mean, as a kid watching this movie, you wouldn't pick up on. But as yeah. grown-ass adults, sure, you're going to pick up on some stuff. Like, oh, of course. I, and, and that's the thing, too. I didn't want to come on this podcast and just completely just shit for days. It would be easy. On this movie, because it's so easy, because it's another cheesy holiday film. Yeah. But then you have to go, well, yeah, you don't have the kind of spirit of Christmas that an eight-year-old, a 10-year-old will have that'll still care exactly. deeply about the holiday and and want to look for something like this movie. And I think that's truly what it's chiming in on. And what's interesting is that the people who were talking to me about doing this for the podcast were people around mine in your age, in our 30s or something, to where either they have a, a family that they're starting or they're just in still have some of that spirit click clacking around, I guess. Yeah. Uh, which is funny because you and I were both talking like where our religious status is yeah. or any of those things. And yet somehow it doesn't matter. It's still kind of like, I you think know, Christmas hey, it's, is... it's Kurt Russell. He's, he's bringing the heat. Yeah. And let's see where this goes. Yeah. And, and the beauty of Netflix is like you were saying, where you could be at home. It's a Tuesday night or something. And you're like, Hey, I'm feeling I'm you know maybe it snows on a random mm-hmm. weekday something and you're like it gets you more into the holiday and you go all right I'm gonna see what Netflix has to offer and there you go yeah and it's Kurt Russell so it makes you kind of feel as a man maybe kind of <laughs> like all right I'm watching a Kurt Russell movie I'm, I'm not watching Russell a Christmas movie, movie. Um, <laughs> and as you said uh, it's sexy Santa time so. <laughs> It really, it really lends into the holiday. It really leans into it. Yeah. And I think the, like you said with some of the other side, the, the cast really kind of fills out one, one performance in general kind of uh, piqued my interest was from uh, more Morris. Yep. Yeah. From new girl. New girl. Yep. Uh, I absolutely love new girl. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, obviously they double dipped on the fact that he plays a cop eventually in new girl that they kind of double dipped. Yeah. With. This character, so that piqued my interest. Same um, on costume, costume. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you don't have to do anything. And what's Just funny is... the name tag. And it's interesting, because he's the secondary cop in this movie. Yeah. Even though the beauty of it is that his type of performance is that comedic, pie-eyed, kind of, you know, grown child, like man-child type vibe yeah. to the to the police officer and i think he fits that absolutely perfectly from uh, from how he was a new girl yeah. to being in this the same way so that that made me good when he's you know trying to convince everybody of the reindeer yeah and really getting into the spirit and kind of pointing things out they really did a good casting job in getting someone who really fit the bill yeah exactly yeah he had that eccentric kind of uh, he, he kind of believed right off the bat kind of a little yeah. bit even though he was joking around and then he was the first cop to like this is santa like yeah <laughs> you know he was rocking out with him in the uh the prison during the uh the, the prison songs yeah scene. can we talk about that for for a quick second yes because uh, yes one thing that i always know a movie is the epitome mm-hmm. of cheese is when you know some older white guy's going to sing the blues. And <laughs> this movie lived up to all of that. 
Uh, and that's probably the one scene that I just, I just, if they didn't do that, this yep. movie would have jumped up another oh, point man. for me. This, that like, scene raised the movie for me. Ah, see, yeah. <laughs> see, I think because you enjoy life more than me. And that's why it's possibly the case. Because, you know, sometimes, you know, reviewing movies and stuff, I know I can get really kind of pretentious and stuffy. And I tried to take myself out for this. And what I will say, uh, to my credit, I knew this movie was not very good. It's very cheesy. Come on, it was good! You take the the ride, you do what it's going to be, and then I will be dead serious. My dad isn't dead, but I cried a little at the end. I teared up when he got to see his dad one more time after you're doing that. And I felt nothing for that bratty pieces of shit for most of the movie. And at the end, I was like, but you hit me. Dead dad wins nine times out of ten. It's going to get me. It's going to get me at some point. I think five minutes into the movie, if I remember when I first watched it, I might have teared up. For just dead dad, uh, the last video. I, I I I've said this on my podcast. Uh, I have I have been crying a lot lately in movies. I don't know why. I, I just hit a certain age. Yeah, that age, man. And I had it once. I had kids. Like even yeah, just having a baby in I my just, life and whatever. It was just bam. Yeah, it's it's weird because like I never used to cry in movies, and now like I didn't cry in this movie. Amazingly, for some reason. Uh, but it's I go to the theaters monster. now and like I. I I feel like I almost have to go by myself now all the time because okay, because you, you might be openly weeping. I just went to a movie the other day with one of my buddies, and there was a scene in it that was cryworthy. Sure. And he's sitting right next to me, and he he goes over and he hands me a napkin. So I Good looked friend. at him. I looked at him, and he's bawling his eyes out. Yeah. Too. <laughs> this is like a like a oh man, this is like a bro date right now, and we're both just I, crying right now. You have to have that friend who. Oh man. And, and that's a good way to find that out, to be honest, because now you can go, you know, have a Gilmore Girls marathon with this guy or something, which I am not unopposed to. I I absolutely love the Gilmore Girls, so don't hate. Yeah. Um, but the, I had an experience again. It's maybe you know because Christmas movies do hit those really hard yeah. emotional themes all the time, like we were saying. And my favorite one to watch every year is It's a Wonderful Life, mm-hmm. and. Every time I watch it, I tear up at some point because it's it's so it's very dark. Yeah, you know, in a way, because it's you know a guy making a comeback from a very dark moment. Yeah, like I'm trying to not spoil. It's a wonderful life, but you know, <laughs> when you try to jump off a bridge, you know, it's a hard hard turn coming back in, and they do it seamlessly because yeah. Frank Capra's the genius. But that movie is. A gorgeous movie that is very sentimental and it gets me every time. Yeah. And I watch it at the same time every year. And I'm actually happy for this movie, even though I understand I keep saying it's inherently kind of bad. Don't listen but, to him, you guys. But it's inherently kind of bad. Like I said, if you're judging against movies versus judging against Christmas movies. And I think there's a reason why there's that argument every year about is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Because people want a better option. I watch Die Hard every year. Now, again, as I said previously, my wife is Jewish and my kids are Jewish by proxy. They're being raised Jewish. So 
we have a tradition in our house that we watch Die Hard yeah. every year. Because it's easy to convince my wife, who's not Jewish, to watch that as my Christmas movie now every year because it's just a damn good movie. Yeah, yeah. And she actually, unbeknownst to me, before we got married, watched Die Hard every time around Christmas mm -hmm. just because either A, it was normally on, yeah. and then it became a tradition, or just, again, something to do that is around that but not exactly a Christmas movie. Yeah. So, but even with that said, I probably watch maybe three standard movies every you know, Christmas season? Yeah. Maybe four? Mm-hmm. Like, do you have a Mount Rushmore? Because I, 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 if you well, count I mean, Die Hard, Die Hard is my thing. But even if you just took straight what you consider Christmas movies, like, for me, it's Home Alone has to be watched. I don't watch that one every year. Christmas Vacation. I watch that one. And It's a Wonderful Life. It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, I know it's it's cliche, but The Christmas Story, I gotta watch it at least once. Yeah, when it's uh, on 24 hours, like how can you not catch exactly, at least a few yeah. things? Um, I, I think I that's, that's overblown for anything, by the way. What was that? I think no movie should be shown 24 hours a day. Even the my favorite movie of the year does not need that kind of attention. Yeah, but, I, I, it's... But cable company and cable stations, it's a little bit of a different Yeah, feeling, it's like so. one of those cool little things, though. Like, it's the only movie that does it. And it is, for me, at least, it's, it's pretty cool on Christmas that... I don't really have to pay attention to the movie and I can turn it off and I can turn it back on at any right. part of that movie. And I know the whole movie. So right. uh, th I like that. That's pretty cool. But I, otherwise, I mean, I have a movie that is one of my favorite Christmas movies because I consider it a Christmas movie, but some people consider it a Halloween movie and that Nightmare is a Nightmare Before, Before Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. I consider it a Christmas movie. I find it to be both. I find it you can it is do easy, whatever the, you want, but it is mostly one. a Christmas movie. I love that. I watch it every single year. I try to make it to the theaters if it's ever playing in the theaters around right. me. Um, I just, I, I love musicals. So uh, that's right in my wheelhouse. I love animations and yeah. Tim Burton and whatever. Um, and then uh, some people think this movie is creepy, but I really enjoy the Polar Express. Okay. Yeah. Um, no. But the animation is creepy in it. Like, a little bit, yeah. The way that the animation is, it's creepy. Which, by the way, uh, bringing back Polar Express, there are multiple times where the theme of Polar Express plays in this movie. Mm -hmm. um, so anyone want to try to catch those deep dives mm -hmm. in here if uh, if you're into that kind of stuff. Which, you know, it's, it's a nice little maybe nod or yeah. what have you, but it is also like, aren't you trying to be your own Christmas classic kind of back off? Yeah. You know, it's like... You get the guy who did, you know, very good themes in other previous movies. Does he need to really do the nod to the Polar Express thing? I don't think so. I think, but I think I'm, I'm not right. going to kill him for it. Yeah, it's not like it wasn't like put in your face though. It was no. It was it was like you had to kind of pay attention to it and and be kind of nerdy, kind of like us, to sure. to really see what what you're talking about. But yeah, go ahead and try to find those. Teams where uh, they're kind of not. Yeah, so. it's a fun Easter yeah. egg for yeah, that. There you go. The one thing that really stands out from this movie, and I think Netflix couldn't wait, and I wonder if they had this script and they kind of maybe put cart before the horse, is the fact that you get a director that has a previous animated background, especially more modern animation mm -hmm. uh, background, to do this movie that I think they honestly could not wait to do how they did the elves in this movie yeah. to kind of feel like it felt like Netflix trying to jump in on that minion type yeah. bandwagon with these 
and they're they're well done. And I think that's the real. I compare it more to the the trolls. The okay. Troll movie. I, yeah. See, I haven't seen those, so maybe. So, I mean, it's that's not, not something. The that... cool thing I liked about these elves were they made them look kind of real. I mean, they weren't sure. cartoonish. Yeah. I mean, they were. They kind of looked real. They they did. I thought they with the budget they probably had with this movie. I thought they did a really good job with. This I thought CGI. the whole North Pole was a thing, and I, I tried to look for myself, but I heard a rumor. A part of the staff of uh, the Harry Potter movies. Mm-hmm. Did the North Pole? Yeah, like, and you can kind of tell, like, some of the, like, the signage, the hall, the hall of uh, letters, yeah, very Harry Potter, very Harry Potter, yeah. and, and and that's why when I heard that, I was like, oh, that would make a lot of sense, mm-hmm. and I was very impressed by that. I thought the whole scene going through the gift bag, mm-hmm. the you know, the sack, Santa's sack, to well, that's probably. That's not great, but you know what I mean. It's going Come on, we're through there. Here. Yes, we're trying to be good. I'm trying to be professional. I'm really not pulling it off in this in this episode. All right, so Santa um, sack. Yeah, you were going through the sack, sack of gifts, which probably doesn't sound any better. So when when the young girl goes, all right, that probably doesn't sound any better either. Yeah, sorry. When, when Kitty Cat goes through the sack, um, the yeah, sack. it's just not going to work. So when she goes through there, though, yeah. to be honest, the the animation going through there and her entree into the North Pole and yeah, everything like else that was in the Wonderland kind of. It scene. did, and it, and that was very inventive. I thought the I thought the technology with the sleigh was inventive. Mm-hmm. One thing that I will say, and maybe you, especially because where are you originally from? Maine. Maine. Yeah. So you can definitely dive into this one. Okay. The first minute that I was like, these people are from Lowell, Massachusetts, and they sound like that. I'm like, that is factually incorrect yeah. on a huge level. Yeah. Unless they just moved to Lowell, Massachusetts. No, I think they lived there for a while. There was no mention of moving or yeah. know, anything. I yeah. mean, it's the, the same had... house from at least for however old the girl is, which is 11, yeah. I think they said. So. Come on, son. Yeah. Come on. No, they definitely didn't have the accent. So no, it Lowell was nothing. Is pretty close to Boston. Yeah. And they did definitely didn't have that Boston accent. Yeah. No. I mean, and that's why I was just like, this movie would be way different if it was like the the Boston accent gets thrown into these people. And and I was waiting for some kind of a nod, and just did like not Mark happen. Just showing up. Out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, he's just working out in the background. <laughs> Um, <laughs> he does have to represent either Matt Damon or Ben Affleck or Mark Wahlberg has to be in every <laughs> notion of a, a, a Boston or outside. Maybe that's Boston why they movie. couldn't say Boston. That they use Lowell instead yes. of Boston because then because then you have to say it in those terms and, and you have to have Mark Wahlberg in the movie and they for sure for him. So. Yeah, it's contractually obligated yeah. if you do a movie <laughs> in that place. But that's why I was just like. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Not one. Not one person's pulling out that accent in this movie. The one thing I want to point out uh, that I, I found very weird is when they finally, towards the end of the movie, when Santa's just about to give up. Yes. And the kids talk him into, hey, we're going to help you guys. We're going to be the human helpers here. Sure. So you follow their route that they're going. Yeah. So they're in Chicago. Yes. They go to. Now they only have like. You know, minimum amount of time here to deliver these presents. Sure. They go from uh, Chicago, where they were, to St. Louis, to Utah, to Boise, Idaho, to Phoenix. Yes. You 
think there would be a little bit of better route. And on top of that, yeah. isn't there like towns in between? Like, see, that was my thing. <laughs> when he, they not even just that route, which is a later part of the story. Yeah. Just when they get into Santa's sleigh and they immediately go from Lowell through Paris and all these other places and, end up, and end up in Chicago in thirty seconds. Yeah. So it's like, where did all those other gifts go? Did you already hit them up? And if so, what is your route? So it, it, those type of things didn't make any sense. But I think as an me. adult, that's what we look at. Sure. The, kids wouldn't look at that. Kids sure. would just like, he's delivering all the presents. Yeah. But it's something that was in my head that I'm like, this. I mean, this time zones. Yeah. They're going back in time. They're going sure. forward in time, going through time zones. Yeah. And it, it, it's chaos. You think that would they just start yeah. in Maine yeah. and go to... California or Washington. That would be the route that I would think that would be the most beneficial because you lose an hour every time you go through the time zones. Yeah. But it was crazy. And to the credit of the movie, the one thing that is the big heel turn of this movie, the big aha, is that Santa goes through all this on purpose. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, And I actually thought that was probably the best appeal of this movie. Yeah. Is that he was kind of like, he knows what everybody wants for Christmas, which is a common theme throughout the movie, yep. too, uh, as he talks to people in reality. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that you kind of don't see him talk to is that the one thing that the mother says she wants for Christmas is for them to get along. Yeah. And I wonder if that's the impetus for all of this. It's unsaid, but it's basically the Yeah, I mean, movie. throughout the whole movie, uh, even with... Even with the one cop that didn't believe, he could have easily got out of jail. He proved sure. that after yes. after the fact that the cop... Yeah, he wanted to be caught. He wanted the two children to go off and, and have an adventure and get to know each other on a different level. And, and that's very evident. And I thought that was a very good version of the movie. The one thing I will say, though, in, in going back to our discussion about if you think about this movie for just a smidge too long, yep. it comes apart. Yep. I watched it the first time, obviously not knowing that Santa did all this on purpose. Then you watch it the second time, and knowing that he did it on purpose, that man is over and above reckless. Yeah. On an, oh, an, a course. huge level. Just the sleigh accident. Watch the sleigh <laughs> accident and tell me that all of this was on purpose and how he could have easily killed these two children. Well, he sends the little girl out by herself at one point. Oh, like I'm gonna take I'm that's gonna... that's further down the line. Right. I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> but back up the truck to the sleigh accident, they crash land, and these two children are launched from a sleigh going very fast with a broken wing and out of control. Launched into easily, you could have said these people are dead. Yeah. Easily. Any other movie, you could have been like, these people are dead. This or is in my notes. horribly injured. <laughs> horribly injured. Yeah. They're not. Because they're Christmas magic. She just gets up, and she goes, where's my camera? I know. I, I, <laughs> and let me ask you this. What kind of camera is that? Because uh, that camera, like, lasts throughout this whole movie. It's too. an 8mm from the late 90s? It never probably? gets scratched. She oh, well, because they get it brand new in what, like, oh, one. Or no, 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 I'm sorry, it has to be later, 07. So it's brand new, but it's older tech, even for 07. 
Uh, I don't know what you're talking about right now. Uh, the the video camera, it looks like it's an eight, uh, high eight. Okay, okay. You actually know, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Not only... I thought this was in the movie. I'm like, I completely... Not only did I go... <laughs> I know I'm. You know me as a comedian more than anything, but I am also a person who went to film school and yeah, did film yeah. production for a long time. Yeah. Um. So, and I worked for Best Buy too. On top of it, where I sold video cameras. Yeah. And that camera looks way older than what they were sell. Like it's oh seven. Yeah. I was working for Best Buy from two thousand three to say oh six. That's. That was laughably old then. Yeah. So it kind of doesn't match up, but because they would have gone smaller tape by then. Well, my whole thing is this movie is based in 2018. Yes. But yet they're using an old ass VHS or 8mm. Which has sentimental value. And I understand it's And number one, kudos to whoever made the camera that it lasted 11 years. That's a Christmas miracle. You want to talk about a Christmas miracle? A high eight video camera made it eleven plus years. That is a Christmas miracle. And this, yeah, they, it went through a lot, man. Like falling, falling from the sky, falling off the sleigh. It was still intact and ready to go. And the beauty of uh, when she goes to the North Pole to have the elves go ape shit about videotaping themselves. I'm like, you make everything. Yeah. Everything, even to cars, that which Kurt Russell says, <laughs> you make cars, and you're like, "Ooh, I get to videotape myself." It was a very like again one of those moments like you're an adult, stop thinking this hard, don't do this. But at the same time, you can't help yourselves because I understand they're doing it for comedic value to a child. Yeah, but co- come on, that shouldn't like be like, "Ooh, here's the appeal." It should be, "Holy shit, there's a kid here." That should be the focus. But instead, it's, hey, I get to see myself on camera. Which I guess never gets old. Could we uh, divert real quick off uh, making fun of the movie? Just real quick. Yes, yeah, yeah. To uh, point out some of our favorite scenes? Sure, absolutely. All right, so one of my favorite scenes is at the beginning. It's towards the beginning when uh, he he crashes and they go into that first bar restaurant. Yes, yes, absolutely. Love that scene. Yeah. Um, I love him going in. I really felt it when they ripped up the Mickey Mantle rookie card. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that just knowing that was because I used to I, baseball cards was a big part of my childhood, big part. Mm-hmm. And I know, like, I had the oldest card I owned was a Carl Ustremski card from like the seventies. Yeah, and I knew even that, like, it was wow, this lasted this long. This is impressive. I don't even know what the value of this is, but I have a sort of an idea. I used to get like the pricing guys. Yeah, that I, particular I card. Yeah, yeah, that's what I used to get yeah. all the time. Yeah. And uh, and for this to be a multi-million dollar card that I know just hurt me. Yeah. Hurt me oh, yeah. real bad. Yeah, yep. But I will say, the one nice thing, and, and the card is part of this, I enjoyed that he can pull out toys and have a deep history with these people. Yeah. That's something that I don't think they really pulled out in Santa Claus movies of prior no, years. not really. I mean, like with the Santa Claus with Tim Allen, um, he he had the book, he had the the list, but he never really like just could pull it out of his pocket. Sure, like it was more like he had to go into the, in his bag and look right. through it and you know stuff like that. Right. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you. I like the aspect of him just kind of grabbing 
something and hey this is what you wanted right yeah and i thought that was cool but um more more towards this more about the scene uh towards the end of the scene i like the 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 interaction with the bartender yeah and i like the the like it had a point to it it did and it didn't have like a, a no like he just didn't go up there and be like hey you're a bad guy he was pointing out to the kid, like, this is going to be you. Yeah. If you keep on the path that you're going. Sure. I thought that was, like, the the very first time that he, he, he taught him a lesson. Yeah. It, it's it's the first clue to say, hey, this is all for a purpose. Yeah, exactly. Versus, you know, this is just anarchy and we're trying to get back on course. Exactly, yeah. And I thought, actually, had the, 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 the uh, Mater D, the Mater hostess. D, yeah. Um, was a great character. I thought yeah. that was easily probably one of the better, more spirited Christmas stuff that felt genuinely nice mm-hmm. in the movie. Um, Cause there's a lot of people, the non-believers, some of these kind of fun moments that one felt genuine. Yeah. Like as, as opposed to many other scenes in the movie. And that probably, I agree is probably one of the better scenes in the movie. Now going back to what we were talking about earlier now, right after that bartending scene, <laughs> after the big long lecture about, Hey, you don't want to go down this path. Right. Blah, 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 blah. Steal a car. They, they proceed to go outside and steal a car. Yeah. And they try to finagle their way around it by saying it was already stolen. Yes. They, they still stole a car. Yeah, yeah, they did. <laughs> like, eh. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like a job is priority one type of scenario yeah. where it's like, okay, <laughs> I get it. I'm sort of a criminal. Yeah. This person's a criminal. We got a job to do, though, so we got to speed this up. You know, so there is kind of that scenario to where I'm totally fine with that because, again. But he's Santa. He could have just pulled a car out of his pocket. He's been pulling He's been pulling stuff out of his pocket the whole time. Yeah, but I guess to follow the lesson along, yeah. I understand utilizing the skills of a, a wayward kid at this point is probably not a great idea. But at the same time, I will say that the, I want to call it half-assed, but half-baked is probably a nicer <laughs> way to say it, of the appear sees it all, the sees something through line that they were using, the knife thing. Oh, yeah, the knife, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Which was so... It was weird. It's lame. Because it's, it's, it's hey, well, here's a weird gift that your dad gave you. That was engraved with something that was never said previously. That is now a family motto. Well, no, and then conveniently will be used throughout the movie. And then he never wants his sister to see it. I never understood that. Yeah, that's... I'll, okay, you want to talk about worst scene, because you were so <laughs> jovial to say your favorite scene. My worst scene is the church scene. Yes. Yeah, oh, I totally agree. They're in the middle of... They're on a roll. Yeah. They're, the movie's cooking... There's so many scenes. They're on a roll. They're trying to find the sack of gifts. Yeah. And they just stop because they hear a song. A song. His that apparently song. is, yeah, the father's <laughs> favorite song that we didn't know was. So there's no trigger memory for us as a viewer. Yeah. There's nothing. It's, oh, there's this. And then, you know, like you said about uh, when they get into something that the the knife goes flying. So then it's kind of a reminder of what your purpose is here and, and what to do. And that, 
and their conversation of like, oh, I still see something. I'm like, what do you see in him? Because you've been doing nothing but arguing, and there's no reason. He's stealing cars. He's drinking beer underage and yeah. and falling in with these guys. Like, I don't see where that should have been a thing, and yet it's supposed to be this pivotal scene in the movie, and, and that to me, it, it just falls fall flat. It definitely falls flat, yeah. yeah. I definitely it wasn't... They could have done it somewhere, maybe at the beginning, uh, before all the action. Right. Or maybe even at the end uh, of the action. But you are right. They broke up an action scene that should have never been broken up with that. Yeah. I mean, I, I get where they were trying to go with it. They were trying to make this, like, very emotional scene. But it, it Plus, just dropped. It dropped. For what it follows up with isn't much better either, by the way, with the thugs in the park scenario. That, w- that was my worst scene. Yeah. Because, all right, so the set of the scene... The, the sister is now in the sack. Yeah. In Santa's sack. Yeah. And uh, the the brother is, gets attacked, well, gets a, approached by these thugs. Right. Three thugs. And pretty much they were like, you know, we're taking the sack. Right. No, my sister's in the sack. Right. Now, in real life. Oh, but were, he doesn't say that. No. Oh, when oh, he gets taken. Yeah, well. He, Which, here's the other thing. Why do they need to take the kid. Have you ever been mugged? <laughs> Have you ever been mugged? No. I've been mugged. Okay. And all they cared about Is was my possessions. possessions. Yeah. They immediately, when I was mugged in New York City, it was late at night and I yes. was coming, I had a backpack, I was a teenager, and all they cared about was throwing me to the ground and, and taking backpack. whatever was in my backpack. Yeah. That's all they cared about. Yeah. This is the same scenario. <laughs> yeah. And yet, they were like, we have to take this guy back to the boss, too. It's like, no, you're just complicating a very easy situation. Well, it sets up a really nice scene later on where the boss man opens up the sack and he has a present that's presented to him. Yeah. And it's a lump of coal. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Because they needed that high-end joke to fill out this movie. That whole plot line did not need to exist. All that needed to exist was you didn't know how to get her out. Well, they could have they could have skipped that whole taking him to the boss man. So yes. they could have skipped that whole boss man scene yeah. and they could have just had the elves save him in the park yes. from the thugs. Yes. 100%. They could have skipped that whole storyline. Could have saved you 10 15 minutes on a movie that is probably about 10 15 minutes too long. I was going to say it, it's an hour and 44 minutes long. Um I felt like they could have shaved a couple minutes off there, and that would have been a couple minutes right there. That they could or if saved. you're gonna put that back into the movie, flesh out the dead dad. I mean, you gotta mention the dead dad at some point. I mean, that, like I said, that's what the story is about. Chad, really. the big reveal in the church scene Wait. is that he died a hero in a fire, and it's not mentioned until an hour into the movie. That's true. That is huge. Well, they could have took all that. I'm talking about taking that scene out too. So you take out the church scene, <laughs> you take out the the thug scene. You don't need the dad to be even more of a high end dad. The dad, the, the dad was fine at the beginning of the movie. Like I, I thought that was fine the way that they set it up. Yeah, he was a really good dad. He was kind he of means like the something glue. to the family. He doesn't need to be bigger than that. Yeah, he was the glue that you know kind of held that family together. And now the mom is struggling because she has you know work jobs. She's working on Christmas now. Right. I understand all that. But yeah, going 
there's just a couple scenes in this movie, the, the ones that we touched upon, that I felt like the, the, they could have been cut a little bit. Yeah. But I do want to mention one other scene that I really enjoyed. It was a really short one. Absolutely. Uh, when the uh, when they do attack the thugs. Yeah. And they beat all the thugs up. There's like, all of a sudden there's 30 thugs in there. Because yes. you see them all. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and by the way, can I say, the third thug, the original three in the park. Yeah. Ugliest person I've ever seen in my in the history of film. <laughs> and, and they clearly cut away from him yeah. in that scene. They're like... I don't know if we should really show. Is this he the guy. one that and they show him more in the following scene? And I was like, that guy looks like a Dick Tracy character, <laughs> like cartoonishly bad. That I was just horrified to look at. He was he stood out. Yeah. Like there's Thug, and then there's what is he? Is he a character from Mask? What is going on with that face? I don't know what's going. On. I know it's horrible of me to say. Oh, no, it's it's all good. But man. it's. It stood out. It was alarming. And it should not be in a simple (laughs) family Christmas movie. So I'm going to mention this one other scene that shouldn't have been in this movie, but I thought it was hilarious. They beat up the, they beat up all the guys. They get all of them. Now they got the, they were like, Oh, one's left. It's the brother. Yes. So they start dragging the brother out. Right. So now you got one of the elves with a chainsaw. Yeah. About to cut his dick off. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. They went to town on that. No, he was heading right towards the beach. Yes. <laughs> it was crazy. I was like, this is so out of place right now, but it's hilarious. Yeah. And no mention <laughs> from the sister beforehand that she has a brother, no. that he's out there, and that's how she got into this scenario. It's, oh, Santa's in trouble. You know who else is? You left somebody behind. <laughs> I was laughing so hard during that scene. I was like, where did the chainsaw come from for one? Yeah. He just whips it out of his pocket. Well, elves are as magic as Santa, I guess. But, but, I mean, the chainsaw came in handy later on in the movie when he had to help Santa out of prison. Right. Which, apparently, he didn't need to help him. He didn't need anything. Because Santa just whips up there anyway. Yeah, and goes into (laughs) the ether. So, and then comes back through to make mention, you know, that he didn't, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... So that's when another that's probably clue two that he doesn't need all this and and obviously is doing it for some. Well, that was my, that was my earlier when I had said with the second cop, he was staying in prison even though he didn't have to be in prison. Yes, because he needed everybody in the prison and that cop. Yeah, to start believing again. Right. So you know that proved right there that he didn't he didn't need to be there. He could have got right. out whenever he wanted. He sure. was just trying to. Get that Christmas spirit. Yeah, like I said, rewatching it the second time, knowing of what his intentions are, yeah. you do key in on certain moments. Yeah, one of them being when the cops first pull them over, mm-hmm. and you see the explanation the of the the teenage kid kind of standing up and kind of being, "This is all my fault." One of those moments, they yeah. do like a quick cut in on Kurt Russell and 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 really kind of like sees him take responsibility for his life, really do something belabors the point of what he's trying to do here. And I thought that was those little moments come more with repeat viewings than the first way through, because it's a nice thing when you realize at the end, but then you immediately go, really? Because there was a lot of dangerous stuff. And then you rewatch the movie. It's like, okay, well they add several moments 
where it does kind of clue into this is what he's doing. Exactly, yeah. And the whole getting Teddy to believe in himself. Yeah. And, you know, his dad does believe in him, even though he's dead or whatever. Sure. Or, you know, that whole last scene of the movie where he lets him drive the sleigh. Right. And then, you know, that one scene, you know, you always have that one scene where they're about to crash into something and right. got to get the reindeer off the, or the train to move or sure. whatever. They get that one scene where you just got to believe in yourself. Right. And from that point on, it was, Teddy was all good with driving. Yeah. And that just took that one little line. Yeah. <laughs> so what, cause you're a person who watched this multiple times before we even started talking. About I saw it twice movie. before we started talking about right. it. And then I saw it right before. What, what do you think for, for people at home who maybe haven't seen this or have seen it and, and kind of are working their way through, what do you think is the biggest appeal of this movie? Well, I mean, we already touched base on it. The biggest appeal, hands down, is Kurt Russell. Okay. And the fact that he's playing Santa. Yeah. um, And he's playing a, not like, he's not like the, like like we said earlier, he's like a hip Santa. Yeah. He doesn't play by the rules, like, per se. And he doesn't go by the cliches of having a big gut. He doesn't do the ho, ho, ho thing. Right. Like, it was cool to see a movie where they portrayed Santa in a different way. Right. Um, the, the real Santa, because like we said earlier, the bad Santa, bad Santa is—he's not a real Santa. He's just, right. He's like, a mall he's Santa. A he's mall a Santa. Yeah. So it's pretty cool to see a different Santa. Like right. it, it was cool. Like I, I think that's a, the biggest appeal to it. And then the second appeal would be if you have kids. This is actually a really good movie to show them, and you know. I'm not the firmest believer of, I, I I didn't know there was a Santa Claus early in my life. Right. Um, I'm not the the firmest believer in telling your kids there's some creepy guy coming into your house dropping sure. presents off. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I believe that you can explain to them this what the spirit of Santa is. Right. And that you know it's supposed to be family time, and he's kind of like a guy that kind of brings families together. I don't have a family. I watched it by myself, and you didn't I still need one. It. I didn't All need Kurt a family. Russell's family. Is I wanted to go movie. to my family's house and just hang out with them after this movie. Like, yeah. I'm like I just want to go and hang out with my family now. So it, that that tells you that it's a good family movie. Absolutely. Yeah. And one last question, uh, because this is a Netflix original movie podcast. Mm-hmm. How did you watch this movie? How do you think the Netflix aspect of this movie lends to this movie? Like. This time of year, you can obviously, you know, get all the repeat viewings all you want. It's not like you have to wait for that time period to be on cable. Yeah. That that Christmas day when Christmas Story plays 24 exactly. hours or whatever. So so what do you think? I think it's a, the perfect platform for it. Uh, because, like, like we were saying, it's – you have those, like – weird Lifetime movies and ABC Family movies that come out, and they only come out at a certain time. Right. A lot of people like those movies. Sure. I've watched some of those movies. They're cheesy as hell. Yeah. But they have goodness to them. Sure. This one, you can, like you said, you can just watch it at any time. Yeah. Um, you can Commercial pick, free. You can pick a Sunday night with the family. You can pick a Saturday night. Um, you can pick a Tuesday night. Whatever, you know, whatever you feel like it, and you can just sit there and watch it. And Yeah. You can watch it multiple times. I mean, I think it's a repeat watch movie, and I 
think it's going to be big. I, I think it's going to be a movie that people are going to watch for years and years and years from now. So we're going to wrap this up. Where can people find you? Uh, I know Hanging With Chad podcast is a lot of fun, and I've obviously done the live movie game with you as well, yep. uh, which you're still doing live events for. Yep. So tell people where you can find you and, and what you're up to. This is coming out this week or next week? Yeah, it'll come out early next week. So my next show is January 5th at uh, 30 Mile Brewing Company in Old Saybrook. Excellent. At 7 o'clock. Connecticut, for anyone who's not yep, local. Yeah, in Connecticut, yeah. Um, you can also find my episodes of just my regular podcast, Hanging with Chad. You can find on anywhere that you can find uh, podcasts. I'm not on Spotify, but you can find it on any other platform that you find your podcast. Okay. Um, and then you can find me on Twitter, you can find me on Instagram, and you can find me on Facebook, all at Hanging with Chad. Excellent. Yeah. Thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate yeah. it. Oh, thank you. Christmas spirit is alive and well. Yeah, jingle all the way, baby. <laughs>